0: I'm Pastor Worth Wheeler and welcome to West Seattle Christian Church Online. I am really glad that you've joined us uh, in this new year. Happy New Year, everybody, and good riddance to 2020, right? Well, we're going to dive into that in just a minute, but I want to begin a little chat with you today. In fact, a short new series about hindsight and foresight. And as we begin, here is what I want you to do. I want you to imagine that it is the end of December. 2021 imagine that it's a year from now and it's at the beginning of 2022 and you're remembering everything that happened in the past year and as you look back on the year here are some questions for you what do you hope is true about your life what do you hope is true about our church's life what do you hope is true in the world And what do you hope is true about this coming year as you look back on it? Brene Brown says that the stories we tell ourselves, the narratives that exist in our heads and in our hearts, dramatically shape the way we live our lives and the way that we experience everyday life. So, What stories are we telling ourselves as we think about this past year, 2020, and what stories are we hoping for as we look ahead to 2021? We all know what last year was like, but what story are you telling yourself about the kind of year that it's gonna be this year? Do you think it's gonna be a hard year? Do you think it's gonna be an exciting year? Do you think it will be a dull, boring year? A political year, a dangerous year, maybe a year with opportunity, maybe a year full of happiness. The story that you're telling yourself about this year will shape your experience and our experience together of whatever is coming toward us. It's really, really easy these days to forget that God is the one who is writing the story, not us. And he's been writing this story for a really long time, and we're just playing a role in it. There are a lot of other narratives to get caught up in, and oftentimes we are smack dab in the center of these narratives. Think back about 2020 for a second. Does the story of 2020 center around how you deal with and react to certain events? There are all of the things that happen out there in the news. You could take those things, for instance, and internalize them in very personal ways, both negatively and positively. And then there are definitely more personal things, events and happenings in your own life that maybe nobody else knows about. Did something happen in your family? Did something happen with health? Did something happen with jobs? Did something happen in your relationship with your friends and your neighbors? Do you personalize your actions to everything that happened in 2020? How often do you make yourself the center of the narrative of those events and how they affect you? And here's another way of looking at it, a different question, how often did you ask God what he was up to in all of that and how maybe you could participate with him in what he was doing in all that when we think that we're writing the story instead of living into God's story that is when we get into trouble this matters if we can see ourselves as participants in God's story it will totally and dramatically change your experience of this upcoming year. God and you will be a team heading into unknown territory to do something instead of just you by yourself waiting for life to happen to you. So as West Seattle Christian Church, as the West Seattle Christian Church family, we want to begin the year by claiming the narrative of scripture, especially the New Testament, as the story that we want to see and experience the whole rest of the year through. And I want to invite you to start your year this way. But we want that narrative of scripture to stay in front of us so that as we're experiencing whatever comes our way this year, that scripture is our primary lens through which we see our lives. And the question is, how do we let God's story shape our experience this year? I wanna suggest we start by looking back because looking back, we can see God at work in ways that were hard to see in the moment. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? As they say, and the point of that expression is that you've come to some sort of profound realization about the past that will help you navigate your present and your future. Have any of you ever experienced something where you look back and you say, oh, now I understand what God might have been doing in that particular time or space in my life, but I sure did not get it while I was going through it. I know I have. So as we look back in the narrative with hindsight, let's see how we can name what God has been doing and how that will help us this year. Let's illustrate it like this, if you permit me. How many of you have seen the new Star Wars series, Mandalorian? Now, I am a fan of Star Wars. Many of you know that. And some of you are like, oh, man, here we come, here we go again. And I hear you. I feel you. Uh, and I really feel you if Star Wars is not your thing. But I've watched all the Star Wars films many, many times. And yes, even all of the Clone Wars films and the Rebels series, and I've watched this story unfold, and now my kids are into it too, and we talk about it. Now, I've been there when someone who hasn't watched these films is seeing them for the first time. In fact, I've watched them with friends and family members who have no idea who Darth Vader is, or Princess Leia, or Lando Calrissian, or let alone a bunch of other secondary, more obscure characters. Like, for instance, Grogu. Shout out to you, Darius. Uh, if you know anything about Star Wars and you go to watch the Mandalorian you don't even know why maybe you, maybe you don't know anything about it and you don't know why Jedi's or Mandalorians are important and so if some tiny little detail pops up in the narrative like say a bad guy cutting his way out of a tie fighter with a dark saber and you watch me go oh my gosh! oh my gosh! whoa what's going on and you're probably like what 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 is going on and and you will have no clue as to why I'm so excited. The question is, why do these scenarios happen? How come you can walk into a Star Wars film and see a bunch of people dressed up like Star Wars characters wielding lightsabers and going crazy? And the reason is because you don't know the whole story. The deal is, why does this happen? How come you can walk into a theater and watch Star Wars and there's a bunch of people wearing costumes and wielding lightsabers and when some little creature says some phrase that you can barely understand everybody goes oh the reason is because you don't know the whole story and here's the deal come here for a second i want to tell you something here's here's the secret the same the same thing is true about the new testament yeah that's an awesome parallel right here's the deal when you start off in the new testament in matthew It gives you this genealogy at the beginning, a really long list of names. You might go, I have no idea what any of these names mean. I can't even fathom why they would be important to the story. Plus, I can't even pronounce half the names. But as you look at it, you realize that Matthew is writing the next chapter of a very long story. He's writing like sequel 10 or 20 or maybe in a 100 or something like that. He's continuing a narrative that God has been writing for a very long time. In fact, first two words of Matthew's gospel in Greek are the same as the first two words that are used in the oldest Greek translation of the Old Testament book of Genesis. So in Greek, the same words used in Genesis 1 are the same words that Matthew uses in Matthew 1. And it doesn't make a whole lot of sense in English. It doesn't really translate well, but basically he's saying this, Genesis, Genesis. He's basically saying, look, I'm connecting this story the first gospel account that helps us understand who Jesus is and why he matters, I'm connecting that story to the beginning of God's story in Genesis by saying, Genesis, genealogy. And he's signaling to the Star Wars fans who have a clue, look, I'm continuing this story from the one that came before. Matthew is trying to help us understand that what he's writing is a sequel to an origin story that started a long, long time ago. And since this is the beginning of this short series, that's where I want to leave it today. I want to leave you with that. Your assignment, if you choose to accept it, is to read Matthew chapter 1 before next week so that we can dive in a little bit deeper. And then you'll you'll be ready to do that. But before I go, I want to leave you with a short clip from the Bible Project that helps explain exactly what Matthew is up to in continuing the narrative that God has been telling for a really long time. By the way, many of you know that I'm a big fan of the Bible Project, too. And you can find one of our Read the New Testament blog posts on the church website. If you don't know what that is, it's westseattlechristian.church. And you can see our reading plan posts, which have several Bible Project videos embedded into them for you to watch. And I encourage you to do that. So until next time, this is Worth Wheeler for West Seattle Christian Church. Grace and peace to you all. And don't forget to watch this.
1: The Gospel according to Matthew... It's one of the earliest official accounts about Jesus of Nazareth, his life, his death, and his resurrection. The book itself is anonymous, but the earliest reliable tradition links it to Matthew the tax collector, who was one of the twelve apostles that Jesus appointed, and he actually appears within the book itself. For about thirty to forty years, the apostles orally taught and passed on their eyewitness accounts about Jesus, along with his teachings that they had all memorized. And Matthew has then collected and arranged all these into this amazing tapestry and designed the book to highlight certain themes about Jesus. In this video, we're just going to cover the first half of the book. Specifically, Matthew wants to show how Jesus is the continuation and fulfillment of the whole biblical story about God and Israel. That Jesus is the Messiah from the line of David, that he is a new authoritative teacher like Moses, and not only that, Jesus is God with us, or in Hebrew, Emmanuel. And Matthew's designed this book with an introduction and then a conclusion, and these act like a frame around five clear sections right here in the center, each of which concludes with a long block of Jesus' teaching. Now this design is very intentional and it's amazing. Just watch how this works. Chapters 1 through 3, they set the stage by attaching Jesus' story right on to the storyline of the Old Testament scriptures. So Matthew opens with a genealogy about Jesus that highlights how he is from the Messianic line of the son of David, and he's a son of Abraham. That means he's going to bring God's blessing to all of the nations. After that, we get the famous story about Jesus' birth and how all of the events fulfilled the Old Testament prophetic promises, that the nations would come and honor the Messiah, that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. But even more than that, Jesus' conception by the Holy Spirit, his name, Emmanuel, all these work together to show that Jesus is no mere human. He is God with us. God become human. So you can see two of Matthew's key themes right here in the introduction. He's from the line of David. He's Emmanuel. But Matthew also wants to show how Jesus is a new Moses. So like Moses, Jesus came up out of Egypt He passed through the waters of baptism, and he entered into the wilderness for 40 days. And then Jesus goes up onto a mountain to deliver his new teaching. So through all of this, Matthew is claiming that Jesus is the promised greater-than-Moses figure, who's going to deliver Israel from slavery, he's going to give them new divine teaching, he's going to save them from their sins, and bring about a new covenant relationship between God and his people. This Moses and Jesus parallel also explains why Matthew has structured the center of the book the way that he did. These five main parts highlight Jesus as a teacher, and he's created a parallel. Jesus as a teacher parallels the five books of Moses. Jesus is the new authoritative covenant teacher who's going to fulfill the storyline of the Torah.